0: yeah sports dev series my man out of the west coast <laughs> what's up man as my, usual
1: I day ground food
0: you day ground you full ground welcome welcome my brother uh today we're live as you all know our sponsor is going to be included arababab um you know fruit powder it is a fruit powder harvested from the bearback fruit in nigeria in this case one of the most Nutritious Substances of the Planet, and you can get it on Um, My man, before we get started, man, what's going on? Congratulations. You have your podcast started. Always Footy Podcast, live. First episode ah. was recorded. So those of you who want to listen to uh, unedited, raw, uncut versions of football analysis, check out the Always Footy Podcast. You know, I'm I'm kind of edited myself, but this guy here is um he's pure raw <laughs> unedited version. So <laughs> you guys are have fun then man. Congratulations, right, thank
1: bro. You, thank thank you for that free publici- publicity, my brother. No, uh, yeah, so like he said, uh on platform right now, we're on Spotify. Uh so you can always check it out. Like he said, always Footie, Always footie F-O-O-T-I-E podcast. Uh from me, Michael Okoro. So yeah, check it out. It's just a quick summary of, usually I'll do a quick summary of the weekend that was in the World Game and just talk about any events. I want to keep it short and sweet so people's attention span isn't really taken away. So check it out if you can.
0: 100%. Congrats, man. You know, what's funny. Um, I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, you know, podcasting and there's so many of them. But it's, um, it's interesting in the sense that when you record a podcast like we're doing right now right it's cataloged for pretty much forever as long as stuff could be cataloged right so it's there it's archived it's pretty cool in the sense that there there could be podcasts today that no one could possibly listen to and the maker of the podcast could even pass away and be gone and then the podcast become a hit you know what i
1: mean i mean you know it's funny you say that because in my background which is in science that's precisely how things are you know people will research something something that's seemingly just obscure and they'll be dead and in fact maybe 30 years later somebody now is doing some experiment or design or research and they refer back to something that has been catalogued in the archives for the scientific research and they'll get credit for it. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. So yeah. we are. I mean, and I'll to debate from the topic of football. The question though is I was reading an article and I believe it was the BBC or something like that nature where they were talking about storage of information, mm-hmm. you know, like all everything that goes into the cloud gets stored somewhere. It has to be stored somewhere, but you know, the storage system they have usually is a building somewhere where they're storing a lot of these packages and they can only last for a certain amount of time so now they're trying to convert these into into dna actually using dna to store information just like dna stores information for life so it's very interesting stuff so i wonder if in reality how long before we're gone before we become famous but how much longer our stuff will remain if they don't convert it into dna information but you know that's just something to ponder <laughs>
0: yeah, that's crazy though just think about it. i was just thinking about it the other day. i was like. You do know like what you put out there is there it just stays it's not going anywhere it becomes your podcast you know so sometimes like especially when i want to do monologues i'm usually very careful about especially statistics like you don't want to be <laughs> you don't want to be wrong with stats on your own podcast but um <laughs> but no man it, it's interesting stuff so anyway transitioning into you just mentioned football man what's up with uh cristiano ronaldo Oh, you know is uh we're
1: starting heavy we, we, we yeah right into it yeah.
0: hold him back ah, no 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 nah, nah, nah,
1: you know. i feel i feel bad for that guy to a certain extent you know he's going through what many many great athletes have gone through in the past the realization that one you're not as good as you used to be you know mm-hmm. at least well people don't think you're as good as you used to be Correct. certainly Ronaldo is not getting the opportunities in Manchester and one could always say that hey, the man demanded to leave and you guys did not let him leave, <clears> from that perspective. <throat> but at the same time, you have to be a professional. There's no way one can side with Ronaldo in that whole incident, and if people don't understand, what we're, we haven't heard about what we're talking about. We're referring to him refusing to come up the bench in the 89th minute when Manchester United were playing against Tottenham Hotspur last week. and Coincidentally, the thing that makes him look even really worse is the fact that that was arguably Man U's best performance of the season. At the mm-hmm. time, they were leading 2-0. So, but I want to juxtapose that whole scenario with something that happened uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago when Man City played Man U. That game was a, a mauling by Man City on Man U. I think the final score was 6-3, and that final yeah. score flattered Manchester United, quite frankly. Because um, it was it, the score wasn't that close. Um, Eric Ten Hag mentioned that he chose not to bring Ronaldo off the bench in order not to humiliate him due to his status in the game. So I, I found that interesting because. In the same vein, one could also, in, in one way, kind of see the humiliation in him coming in in the 89th minute. Eighty minute,
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's almost as if aren't you better off just not bringing him in at all, as opposed to eighty yeah. ninth? You don't want to, what? What is he possibly going to really do in one minute and and spare for injury time? Uh, you know, at a time that the referee would have given. So. But for him to have walked, refused to go in, as a walkout was quite unprofessional. And this is for somebody who we've hailed as being the ultimate professional for the longest, you know.
0: And he has, though. In all fairness to him, he has. You know, he's he's been. But then again, things have always gone his way, right? It's not like um, he's been. He's had to sit on the bench when he went to one of these new teams and had to fight for a spot. I mean, after he left United, he went to Real, was the man, was the man for a very long time, went to Juve, was the man. This is new to him. You know what I mean? This sitting on the bench, having to come in and play a role is new to him. And his body, you know... Um, can't can't is not at the same level you know you can't go 90 minutes full game today wednesday champions league and saturday play another night or sunday play another 90 minutes and be at the same level he just can't do it anymore so he's in a situation right now where his mind is so much stronger right but his body has gone so much weaker and because of that you know coaches are not going to play the same way they did
1: yeah, but I'm interested to also know what kind of conversations were had, because something there's something missing somewhere along the line. When you think about, if you look at the history, the timeline, Ronaldo decided that he announced and let them know, hey, I don't want to play here because I want to go play for a team that's playing in Champions League. That's the first mm-hmm. statement. Second thing was that he didn't show up for preseason. You know, he mentioned that, oh, he had a family incident during preseason. Okay, whatever the case may be, I think he has the benefit of the doubt where he could have been excused from preseason. But the effect of not being there for preseason was one. He the new coach came in. He wasn't part of the installation of the new system. Wasn't training uh, because you as you and I both know doesn't matter how much work you do in the gym. Football training requires you playing football Correct. field. Right. And so without that training, you could almost see that it was almost even excuse the initial lack of uh, production. While he was on the field when he first came in, obviously he wasn't getting that time. But even when he was playing, you could see that something wasn't quite there. And I and I knew that I, I basically excused that as not having preseason. Like I was pretty much going to give him a month. But it all came to a head honestly when I think he was playing in the Europa League. Uh, I want to say it was the first leg match against where he was playing against um, Ammonia in Greece and Cyprus. I beg your pardon and in that match he was looking for his 700 goal and you can see that entire team was trying everything in their power to be getting that goal and he was just very perfect he just didn't seem yeah. like at that extra yard of pace that extra touch was lacking for him so you can see that somewhere along the line you can kind of start saying that hmm, maybe this man is really 37 years old and that age is starting to show a little bit the other thing, too, is everybody See, knows that door, General the... Ronaldo is not a fit for the system that Eric Ten Hag is going to employ. That was not a mystery. Even last year when he got hired, even before the end of last season, the, the talk was, hey, Ronaldo is not a fit for the system. You can't ask this 37-year-old man to be pressing from the front. That's just not his game at this point. At this point. So some blame has to be apportioned portion Man U for not being able to look forward and see that this is going to be an issue where you have a guy that has been has used to playing 90 minutes and starting up the bench all of a sudden not getting those minutes anymore how is he going to react and there was also talk even at the end of last season that a lot of the squad in manchester united were not really happy with ronaldo that there was kind of disharmony because of his demands for excellence which the players that they had at the time just weren't producing so and as much as I'm not going to excuse Ronaldo's behavior in that one incident, I have to say Manchester United do have, you know, a little bit of blame themselves and how they've handled this whole situation. They could have easily sold this man. Although, again, there's also talk that nobody wanted him. There's only one club that really put into serious consideration. It was in Saudi Arabia, and he refused to go. He is making 500,000 pounds a week. So I don't know who can afford that. So in order for him to even transfer in January. What obviously has to happen that Manu has to take on a portion of his salary. While well, Any team that's going to take him on is going to also take that. Napoli was looked at as a team by like could have gone to, but I can't see him going to Napoli right now with the way they're playing and the the harmony they have. yeah. Ronaldo has to go to a team where he's the man, and where is that going to happen at, at this stage
0: of his career? It's interesting because I heard uh, part of the reason why Tuco fell out with the new owners at Chelsea was because the owner wanted Ronaldo to come to Chelsea. And Tuco was like, how how does that even begin to work you know I and the gal was like well you know we could get him in and they kind of fell out one amongst a bunch of other things and then they eventually <clears throat> you know fired him but i think you know it's interesting because you know here is first time in his open professional career right except for maybe at the start of when he joined mind you when he initially joined mind you had to come off the bench but you could just tell that okay they, they were grooming him but now you know he knows he could see the twilight uh, he could see the end and he knows he knows why then hank isn't playing him why he's asking him to come up he knows you know so it's 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 a combination of different things it's 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 humiliating in a way and then to bring him on at the 89th minute it's kind of like okay you know Really, dude? <laughs> you gonna do this yeah. to me? You go like, like Denzel said in training. You gonna do this to me? <laughs> you, but, know, so, you know the truth is, yeah.
1: right now, if you had to ask me, where is Ronaldo's level? Yeah. If he's not gonna accept a bench role, because that's really where he's at right now, is look at how Zlatan Ibrahimovic, yeah. led AC Milan last year to the Scudetto. Zlatan is really, you know, as a forty-year-old man, he was still producing, but he, you know. He accepted his role, a mentor to the young kids. His, his brilliance, on the, his uh, personality on the field was enough to carry him over the line. Eventually, he got injured, but by the time he got injured in the season, there had already built up enough of a lead that the Scudetto was just about assured. short. Uh, or he should be going to a team that's not Champions League material. He, he needs to be in a team that is battling to maybe get into the top six or top seven or attend, you know. That's that's kind of where they can rely on him. Where they can afford to say, oh, "We don't have anybody else better. There's nobody's growth that you're stunting by being here." So we can really, we need your goals, and you could just poach yeah. and score goals. But, anyways, it's it's a sad, it's a sad way for this to play out. Again, maybe it's even in his benefit that he's not playing as much because he'll be fresh for the World Cup. Because that's another thing happening. I don't know if you're noticing how players are just falling down like flies on calamineer. In terms of injuries, I heard of this World Cup, and uh, maybe we can touch on that right now. But I'm telling you, man, FIFA has completely screwed up having this World Cup in Qatar, and there's so, many, so much backlash and so much, um, so many consequences of fixing trying to fit all these games into this period just so we can have a World Cup in December. I'm yeah, almost starting to lose heart about the World Cup just with the amount of number of oh, um, missing.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, the World Cup is... Which is next month, by the way, dog. That's just, like, right around the corner. Um, For me, the World Cup is, like, okay. You know, I'm looking forward to it because it's the World Cup. You know, to see how teams do and watch it. And always something I get up for. But I think the Qatar thing has just been a big mistake. You know, honestly. I think, you know, for God's sakes, they they can't party out there. They can't drink beer. And, you know, like, you know... Listen, it this this may sound bad, but if your country has laws where people can't drink beer, you can't host the World Cup. I'm sorry. You just I mean I, I, so it, there, it, there, it's,
1: that's that's even one of like the many situations. There's a whole bunch of other reasons why people would tell you probably that World Cup should not be in Qatar, but Yeah. yeah I, I mean it's right, it, 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 just beer. you're
0: you're restricting people's freedoms like people want to go out to the world cup they want to drink they want to dress half naked they want to run around they want to have fun you when you when you open your country to the world that's what you do you open it up to all the cultures all the ideologies out there everything and you open up a space for people to come in as long as they're not breaking the law right they're not breaking your law which is crazy because the law here says you can't do that right but but as long as you know so when you look at it like okay we shouldn't pick a country that has such stringent laws that prevent people from having fun if your laws are too strict then we need to reconsider you hosting the world cup
1: well i just don't bid if you can not if you I think yeah. it's quite straightforward if you can't yeah. allow the world to come to you then what's the point of bidding what's the point but we know we know the point and we know why they got it and fifa has stubbornly just stuck by it because what are they going to do there's money involved the reality is again I, those are the existential things that you're speaking of and i'm not even quite as worried about that because for me the game is about the players. Once the player welfare is being compromised, then the game is compromised. I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. Every, even in the summer World Cup, there are people that get injured. But now, if you're looking at it, these guys are playing. Um, what do they get? Like, how much time do they get? Two weeks, two weeks break.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, before the World Cup starts, so now you're looking at guys that they have a thigh injury. Right, that's gonna keep them out for four to six weeks or something like a pull a quad muscle that might keep them out 46 six they're gonna miss the world cup. If that had happened this is they're miss they're, they're pulling it two weeks before the end of the time when they'll be released. They're missing the World Cup. If this is happening in um in a regular normal year, when the World Cup is held in the summer, teams have about a solid two months almost. After the season ends or before the World Cup begins, because the World Cup doesn't usually begin till um, end of June, beginning of July, might even be mid-July. Seasons typically will end sometime in the first couple of weeks of May. Some seasons even end in the first. So there's there's enough time for all these nicks and things and bruises to heal up but forget about the bruise because injuries happen it's the numb sheer number of games these guys are playing they have to conclude the Champions League group stage before the World Cup this year that is ridiculous you know so by by the end of this by literally I think we're looking at today was match Day five there's six match days in the in Champions League group stage so now match day six is coming up either next week or the week after and you got to still play FA Cup matches. You got to play league matches. It's ridiculous, man. And, and you're seeing If I, I know you've been following the, uh, the Premier League. At the start of the Premier League, the games of Fast and Furious, we were seeing great games. Mm-hmm. Now the games are a drab. Guys are just basically running on fumes. They're, they're sort of just kind of trying to get over the line. You know, uh, I, was, I was listening to Cesar Filiqueta. He was giving an interview the other day. And he was t- concerned. He was, he was saying this is the reason why. And it's like even a squad as deep as ours, well, we have so many guys who are going down with injuries. We can't even, even though we have five subs, we can't play those other guys because we're fighting for top four. We can't be playing guys that are not of the quality of the top four in Chelsea squad, even, even though we have five subs. So in reality, we're not using our, all our five subs. We still have to play the guys that are enough quality. So it's it's causing more strain on us. And Kante is missing. Reese James is missing. I'm sure some of the guys are. you 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 a Chelsea fan. Uh, yeah. Raheem Sterling looks a shot of himself. Uh um,
0: is Koulibaly, injured. Mendy got injured. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's um look, let me tell you where this thing is really gonna get bad. When a certain team as usually does exceptionally well in the World Cup, or in World Cups, prior World Cups, goes out there and they realize that their players can't function as well, they end up losing to a team that ideally they shouldn't lose to, that's when you start seeing an uproar. I promise you, just wait. Right now, people are still looking like, ah, you know, but when that happens, and it will, it will. I I promise you it will happen because you find out Guys, imagine players who've been playing consistently. We're in October, right? Champions League, League, uh, whatever cup they're playing in their country. Consistently. And then, boom, next month they have to go for this tournament. And they start for their clubs. And keep in mind, you still have friendlies, right? That are going to be played before. And travel. So you're going to find a situation where a lot of these guys aren't as... You know, ready. They're not in their typical, you know, tip-top shape, and and it's it's going to show. It's going yeah, to show. I think mean, the
1: game, the games are gonna. I don't, I don't. I'm not anticipating a great spectacle. We may yeah. see a lot of mistakes, and that might lead to goals and things of that nature. But in terms of the spectacle, I'm not really expecting much. Another another consequence that we're not even talking about is also the effect it's going to have on teams who don't have a lot of players playing in the world cup are playing for countries that will not go that far i'm yes. kind of interested to see how it's going to shape up in terms of like things like the relegation battle or even the mid-table teams that maybe don't have as many players you know in world cup in the world cup maybe a team like crystal palace if you want to just stick to premier league where maybe yeah they have some players but those guys aren't really going to go Actually, right. so the main players are probably not even going to the Zaha. It's not going to Eze, Olisse. Those guys will be They're fresh. Guys. They'll be fresh, man. Right. So now you're going to have these guys in Man City and Liverpool and all those other teams that are obviously uh, made up of team players from Brazil, Belgium, Argentina, Spain, those countries that we simply expect to be in quarterfinals and beyond. And it's going to affect them when they come back. Somebody's even saying, look at Ellen Brut the guy is scoring goals for fun right now. He's gonna have a whole month off then, during the the winter break to relax yeah. and recuperate. Well, Norway, always, no, we no, no, we didn't be qualify. Right? To stop him, you know, They're when not. he comes back because everybody'd be tired, but he will be rejuvenated. So he be fresh. <laughs> interesting to see, and I hope FIFA. For me, I think there's nothing that can be done about this World Cup. It's already set in stone. That's what's gonna happen. But what I'm hoping is that we. Could, <laughs> The clubs and the players can stand up and and fight against this fixture congestion that just seems to be in place, and it then start this year. This year just happens to be the year that it's all coming to a, a head.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's one of those things where they took this deal, you know, but all the little details surrounding they didn't fully think about. It. You could tell, and and now we're in this position where. I mean, hopefully, I don't want to play to suffer. I listen. I want a great World Cup. I want to be able to watch the same level of skill you watch. <coughs> but we know the reality of what we're facing, and what happens after the World Cup? How much time do they have off before they go back? Because the leagues don't.
1: I think they give them. Um... Honestly, I think they get one week i think it's either one no more than ten it's not even up to two weeks before and, and, and then they might be two weeks and but they have to report back and start training the game so if you make it to the final it may be so don't quote me on this because i haven't actually looked up the times per se but i do know this it may be that if you make it to the semifinals or finals you may just be missing games that when the league starts because they you know i think the general rule has always been two weeks after tournaments. You have two weeks to recuperate. So, yeah. but the, t- the league might start the week after. You understand? Yeah. And then, but the guys that make the semis and finals may not be eligible to return for those opening round of games.
0: Yeah, because here's the thing, you know, in Christmas, they always have the, um, all those Christmas games, like, especially in the EPL. They're one of the few leagues that continue. I wonder if they're doing that uh-huh. this year.
1: Well, they can't because, um, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, you know what? They might. You might. I, I don't know. You're right. Because it's, it's one week. Christmas is literally a week after the World Cup ends. The World Cup ends, I think, December 18th. So Christmas is seven days later. It yeah, because. For sure, they're having New Year's, New Year's games. So yeah, because that's, that's kind of like a
0: season type of thing, right? So everyone, you know, in, in England and around the world, they look forward to. You know that period,
1: not the because. players. I can tell you that much. <laughs> not the players. Yeah. <laughs> but but in uh, the rest of Europe, usually what they do is they have that winter break just because it's cold. Yeah, weekend, yeah. Especially in the northern parts. I know Spain takes that time off. They come back usually the week after uh, New Year's. Uh, Germany also does. Italy, I believe they do all. You know those countries that have that a little bit in the northern hemisphere uh, mm-hmm. tend to do that a little more. Oh, just just a break, which is necessary. But England started doing having that break too. They, but it's not a league. It's not like everybody gets it. They they sort of stagger. So there's always games where they stagger who gets the break. They started that last year.
0: And- yeah. So I, t- I, I I tell you what though, I just checked it. Yeah. It's gonna be an interesting uh, Christmas set of games because <laughs> what well, they 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 take a break on the thirteenth of November mm-hmm. for the World Cup, right? So they go to the World Cup. <laughs> Then they start again on this unboxing day. So December 26th, they're back at it. So what's going to happen is they'll start back on Boxing Day and we are going to see some ridiculous upsets, I promise
1: you. Oh, no, of <laughs> course. Just, <laughs> just think about what happens after international windows, international breaks. That's when the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City, those that's when those teams lose to the small teams typically or yeah. Results go their way, or and maybe they pull off a win at the very last minute because, especially the teams that have a lot of South American players, that have to play walk-up qualifiers. They have to fly all the way across the continent, of, uh, across the Atlantic Ocean, from South America to Europe. Those guys never seem to recover in time for those weekend games, and those games are always draped. So definitely, definitely, what's gonna we're gonna see? You're absolutely correct. I don't know who's playing who. I haven't looked at the fixtures. Yeah, but... I just
0: did. Uh, so United plays Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest
1: doesn't have anybody going to the world. No, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: no one going. So I am. Let me predict it right now. I'm predicting an upset in that game. But Arsenal,
1: itself, they themselves they our, find a way our, to trip off over their own feet sometimes. Yeah, but,
0: okay. our, Arsenal play West Ham. West Ham is beaten Arsenal in that game. You know what West Ham no,
1: has guys playing in the World Cup show?
0: They do That's what you they know, in, say you know what would be good though? Because if you if you are a betting guy during this period, this is the time to make a lot of money. Because you would just go in and pick the underdogs for a lot of these games. And because of the scheduling, I guarantee you make a lot of money.
1: Well, one thing I know about gambling, I'm not a big gambler myself, but I do know this. The house usually wins. So if you think you're gonna make a lot of money of these gamblers, good luck trying that as your source. Hey, some people win, all power to them, but it's not something I So what I, about the I, I what about from. the what about
0: the people that bet Leicester so would win the league a couple of years ago?
1: Those ones were throwing away their <laughs> money. Now. Everybody thought they were throwing but they got lucky. It's just, it's just, that's how it goes. It's, that's how that? it goes, though. Some pe- but that's the thing. Like Some people put money on their team no matter what. Somebody has money on Nottingham Forest winning the Premier League this year. I guarantee you that. 100%. Because the, the odds favor I'm losing 1,000 pounds as opposed to winning 600,000. Okay, those odds favor you. Yeah. if you have the money to waste like that by the way did you hear about i don't know if you were aware in in nigeria and i think it was nambra state the governor of saludo just recently banned all gambling uh i think it was like in the last couple of weeks he we put that into effect so i hate i hate when they ban stuff you know what because you, know you, you
0: know you know you know what's gonna, gonna happen.
1: happen right everyone's still gonna keep gambling
0: yeah and
1: is it all this is just now the police are going and, and, to gambling places and they'll just get paid off. That's all there's just another way for <laughs> we, so we they're,
0: just, still, <laughs> they're still they're still gonna gamble. They're just gonna they're just gonna take it underground, right? Police are gonna know people are gambling, so you're not gonna give police a legalized way to extort because they'll know people are gambling, they're not going to arrest them, they're just gonna take bribes, right? That's what's gonna happen. So <clears throat> it's probably the dumbest thing he could have done. What he should have done. It's just tax the gambling. Yeah, but you know, just that's it's, it's it's, another. The state, the state is looking for money. Anabria is a small state. If they're gambling, let
1: them gamble.
0: Just find a way for the government to make money off the gambling and use that money for education or whatever, healthcare.
1: Well, the problem is that um, you know, again, I, 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 want, I want us to stick to the football part aspect of it, honestly. But the truth of the matter is that it's 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 attacking the. Um, the pain, the ailment, as opposed to like going for the root cause, right? And why are people gambling? Because the economy is terrible. There's no opportunities. People see it as a way to make money because there's no other way to make yeah. money. Instead of attacking the that, they, have, they want to, yeah. you know, throw out the baby with the bathwater. I mean, but anyways, man, um, I'll, no, I'll, but but but
0: but it's a good combo. You know that Nigerian gambling space I've always wanted to look at because it's interesting. People, a lot of people that don't have money are spending money on. Um, on, on a lot of these things. There's a there's a guy who owns Remo Stars um, football club in Nigeria and he owns one of these betting companies and um, he's made a killing and so he bought a football club as part of his little trophy things. But a lot of people go in there and they gamble and you know it's it's a space where look if I was a governor definitely I'll just use it as a as a resource. You want to gamble? Fine. We'll just make money off of it too. Because human nature is human nature. Like you, there's nothing you could do about it. That's why you have Macau and you have Vegas. Because people want to do what they want to do, especially with gambling. Just just there's absolutely nothing you could do about it. You might as well just control it. So anyway, so
1: bro, since we're talking about Nigerian football, uh, the ball, uh yeah. I just wanted to I don't know, did you were you aware of what happened to um to Plateau United in the African Champions League uh, that they the match they had against Esperance of Tunisia and this happened about I think maybe two weekends ago so the no. week prior to that two weekends ago the first leg this was the qualifying match to get into the Champions League group stage so Plateau United was matched up against Esperance of Tunis and the first leg went 2-1 in favor of the Nigerian side so now they have to travel to uh, to Tunis to um, play the return leg. And again, you and I both know the shenanigans that the North African teams usually employ. First of all, the referee was from Egypt, so that's a red flag. Although in, in full transparency, in the match in Nigeria, the referee's from Ghana. So in, when they had the match in Nigeria, they had a the West African referee. But they had a North African referee from Egypt in Tunisia. And if you watch that match, you bow your head in shame. The referee was just calling all kinds of dubious calls against the Nigerian team. And then what took the cake? It was 0 0 ahead and it was in the 80 something minute. And the um, Tunisian guy, Esperance player, broke away, was fouled outside the box, like, like blatantly outside the box. Called he called penalty. Rolled and fell into the box and rolled. And he, of course, exaggerated it. And the referee awarded a penalty kick. Jesus. And the penalty kick was the kick that defeated Plateau United. It was ridiculous. It was like it, it, the most obvious ridiculousness. Um, It was a match that was attended by a lot of high level Nigerian officials. Um, uh, Even the head coach of the Super Eagles, Passero, was in attendance of that match, if I'm not mistaken, just to watch them play. And it was highway robbery. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's really atrocious to believe that on the continent of Africa, these things are still happening and calf is to blame, but we sit here and we talk about this all the time where the refereeing decisions just seem to be just of dastardly, ridiculous standards. Nigeria as a country, in fact, if, if it were me as a coach, I would have pulled my players off the field immediately. And if I and I think like Nigeria, I think again we're the number one country in the West African space. We need to stand up and say enough is enough. When you go to these North African teams, they employ everything in the book to intimidate. Their fans are shining those things, throwing objects at you, you know, calling racist, racist chants. It's it, it's yeah. enough is enough. Enough. But you know,
0: but you know what? This is this is what I'm saying. Like it comes down to organization within a federation. Um if you had the right person and they had the proper organization, this sort of incident, all Plato United has to do is go to its federation. Its federation immediately goes to CAF. You file a formal complaint and you see it all the way through. Whether or not they forfeit the game doesn't matter. But at the very least, what you would have done is to say, listen, you just can't do this sort of thing to us. You can't. And if you have evidence, have independent referees, take a look at the officiating in the game, and you could call That game might get pulled back. But you have to take those steps. You can't just sit back. They lose. They go. They sit back. Nothing happens. Nothing. And when, when nothing happens, they do it again. And they do it again. You saw the one, one time, the one time, they got a little taste of their medicine in Dakar
1: see senegal. how they complain see how they you know, complain they and, went and the, the truth of the matter is that no those senegalese fans wouldn't have done none of any amount of that stuff if that wasn't what happened correct in egypt. In the, the egypt. second they they senegal got lucky that that second leg was in senegal the first leg happened to be in egypt i mean if the first leg happened to be in senegal and the second leg was in egypt senegalese fans more than likely would have given them hospitable treatments maybe Egypt will find one way to like get a favorable result of one that's not so, and then come back to Egypt and that would have been all she wrote. Exactly. all she wrote. That, it's that, enough, enough is enough, man. We need to, we need to stand up and really just not agree to this anymore. Like it, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, and I have never been one that said this. I've always tried to treat everybody as one in the continent space, but I feel like the North African federations just feel like they're above the rest of the sub, uh, Saharan continent, and they get away with everything. And you know, at some point, I think we have to stand up for ourselves. But I I fear that the problem is that when you now stand up, the uh, skeletons in the closet that the North African officials can reveal for our own leaders, and so that's why they keep mute all the time. Speaking no, of which, really, yeah, anyway, it, we got a new um, president. I think. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, we could, that... before before we jump on that guy, I I just think I just think that you know the the thing is this. You know, it's like, yo, know, if you if you if you go into a place as a man, you know, the question is that you are gonna let people just walk in and push you around? I mean, you, you, Nigeria is you're the most populous country in Africa. You have the largest economy. Now, what the hell? Come on, now, you just you, you're not gonna go to these sort of things and let people just do your teams any kind of way, and you just sit down and don't do anything about it. So it's one of those situations where, look, you're the federation, you know. They just pissed all over your team. Literally. Literally. Like, what are you gonna do? You gonna sit back there and just oh well? Like Pinnick, you know, what I've heard. I don't know whether or not it's true, but what I've heard is he didn't want to do anything because he was trying to look out for his career. Wanted to become this a FIFA. Wanted to become this a cap. So he needed votes from all those people. Constantly playing politics. You know if if that's true then if you he, he should have focused on his job and he'd have done a better job protecting you know the reputation of your federation on the continent but it, it's 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 not this has been going on this is not today and unless they fix it it's just going to continue
1: speaking of Pinnick, my brother yeah. so before we came on i was reading this article and in the article it was an interview with Gernot Rohr, Gernot Roar said, I'm, I'm trying to be fair. I'm trying to parse this so I don't make, make a mistake on this. He said, when P- Finnick fired him, he told him it was because he wanted to avert a disaster, upcoming mm-hmm. disaster. And Rohr said, well, look what happened anyway. It's still a disaster <laughs> that happened. That's number one. Then Roar, which, okay, obviously that's nothing new there. We all know what happened and blah, blah, blah. But the interesting thing Raw said was this. He said, if they had allowed me to go to the African Cup of Nations, and we did not win it, or if I didn't, I wasn't able to beat Ghana and qualify for the World Cup, they could have fired me without having to pay me any money. And obviously, they didn't look at my contract or didn't Mm -hmm. understand my contract before they fired me. And now I'm getting all my money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. but dude, we, hey, hey, we talked, we talked, we we talked, we talk, we, talk, we talked about this, didn't we? We we sat down, we had the conversation about this when we were saying Raw is just doing his job. He knows they want to fire him, but honestly, we can't afford to fire him. We knew everything. You know what I mean? We knew everything. So they fired him, regardless. You know, they knew this was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's, I, I have no idea. We you know you when, you, when you try to think about the decision-making, you ask yourself who was sitting in that room and what kind of words would being exchanged when they were coming to this decision. And you, you just, you start to realize like, okay, there were probably no dissenting voices. You know, like Shia Kumi, the VP, he's, he's a lawyer. He has his own law firm in in lagos so he they knew there's no way they didn't know they knew but they made the decision anyways
1: look my brother i don't believe that you can say there's no way they didn't know this is nigeria we're talking about there's come a man. chance that they didn't know what they were they just did something haphazardly and
0: come on man they didn't know his, they didn't know his contract come on you have you have guys there that are certified, this, this certified is, lawyers uh,
1: anything is possible my brother they I can't put anything past, I'm not going to say that it it's not it's not surprising that they would not know but I can't put anything past these guys and the the past and to, and to, you know past behavior shown that it's very possible that probably they know what they were doing i mean that's i think that's part of the issue and i tell you i tell I'll tell, tell you what people that don't know what
0: they're doing I'll tell you what, they knew, they felt, listen, we're gonna make this decision anyways. If this guy doesn't like it, he could take it to FIFA. We have friends that will throw this thing away. I promise you. You know, you know how um, <laughs> you know how in Nigeria they have this mentality that, hey, listen, I'm powerful enough, even if you take it to the courts, you will lose.
1: Well, Is that mentality? We lost. Yeah, we lost <laughs> saying yes. I, I feel so the other the other news that I also heard is that Pizarro hasn't been paid for three months, and based on the rule FIFA rule, he is he's, he's um within his rights to walk away from the contract and get paid. Paid, hey, yeah. Although no,
0: if, if I was my saying
1: away. Eh, right now that he's probably not going to do that. The other the other issue with his contract is at first no like now there's confusion about who's supposed to pay his contract. Like at first he thought it was the government that's paying. Now it seems like there's confusion, whether it's government paying. So, uh, clearly, we haven't learned anything, and we never learned anything. But the thing is, we have a new administration now, so hopefully, again, this is big. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 Gasol? (laughs) Wait, the new administration, Gasol, that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Bro, come on, man. Yeah, i uh, Listen, um, look no look, look. to
1: give a benefit of the doubt. Let's just be, No, let's no, no. To hand no. Somebody before the crime. Let,
0: let me tell you this. Did you see when Adewali was on this show?
1: All right, I remember. And then
0: and then outside of Adewali, I have talked to several people that know that space exceptionally well. And Musa Amadu was the guy. Right? That was the guy. This guy gets gotten elected. This, uh, let's just, let me just put it like this to you: We should have more faith in Pinnick. Oh,
1: that, and that this, ship is sailed, bro. We have I know. I'm just, I'm just saying,
0: like, if if you were to compare, and, and we think Pinnock didn't do too well. So imagine this guy. At least Pinnock was an administrator. He was a football administrator. He headed Worry Wolves. He became head of the FA in Delta State. There was there was some pedigree there. This guy, this guy's a politician. Good night,
1: man. and let's let's talk let's talk more football because that, just that little bit of conversation just depressed me man i'll be honest with you like my mood just went down just knowing it's like we've just gotten another eight years of rubbish coming our way let me
0: put, like this, saying, let put like this to you let me put like this to you
1: i'm hoping huh? against hope that things would get better let's look at what's happening right now we have uh obviously we have our under 17 women's team playing in india I haven't had anything terrible coming out of there so far. I know Gasol just traveled to to, uh, playing in the city of Goa on tomorrow, actually, Wednesday, in the semifinals against uh, Colombia. The Colombian team looks pretty good, actually. Um, And um, the Nigerian team, they tried to make it the semifinal. They were outplayed by the USA in the quarterfinals, but they hung on and won in in penalty shootout. USA had this one lady, the young girl of Nigerian descent. I'm forgetting the name right now, but her dad is Nigerian and obviously her mother from somewhere else. That girl tormented our defenders the whole match. And, of course, she gave the assist for the goal. But, unfortunately, we, we stood res- resolutely on defense and just scraped through to get to the um, penalty shootouts and basically win that match. So, I haven't heard anything negative. So, hopefully that works out. But the other thing that's going on is we have our Olympic Eagles, the under-23s, trying to qualify for the um, – AFCON on the 23, which is the Olympics, I guess, qualifying uh, tournament. And um, they played Tanzania. And they drew 1-1 with Tanzania in in Dar es Salaam. I believe it was Dar es Salaam they played yeah. uh, just last weekend. So The return leg is supposed to be next week. But the coach of that team is, uh, is Salisu. So people are still not very happy with the performances. Again, part of it is they they—they literally two weeks before the match is when they grounded up players. Their pre-match results were terrible results, losing to teams in the local space that they shouldn't be losing. But again, so that, that's what we have for Gasol right now. That's what he has to face. We have these super eagle friendlies that are coming up in November against Portugal and Costa Rica. So that's going to be something we, we hope to see. But when we talk about those friendlies, I want to, if I can, just talk about a couple of players that have really, really just stood out for the Super Eagles right now. Mm -hmm. And number one on that list is Alexander will be, he's like just been a complete transformation of a player from when he first started at Everton, when he left Arsenal to now, Um, he's number one on the, team list when frank lampard names a player and he doesn't come up the field he plays 90 minutes for the most part when he plays i think there's only been one match this entire season where he didn't complete 90 minutes and that was in the midweek against um against newcastle last week and you can actually tell in that game that he looked like he was starting to get a little tired but then his performance over the weekend uh over the weekend, what did they play again? I forget where they played. Um, anyway, where he had two assists, including that marvelous backheel goal, back heel assist. I don't know if you saw it, but he's receiving <clears> all <throat> the plaudits. Everyone is on his back, he's tireless, he's all over the field. People say he has three lungs, you know, just running everywhere. And I think finally, yeah, Chris, Christopher Palace, they play yeah, so against, against Patrick Vieira's. Christopher whom I really uh rate very highly, they're a good team, yeah. Good and, team. yeah, Alexi Bobi is really, really trying. And he's playing in his natural natural position now. So there's n product to his you, game. know, you know his second you, in you, Premier League in assists.
0: Yeah, you know what? You know, I attribute that all to, to, to Super Frank, to Frank Lampard. Because if you think about it, Lampard played pretty much the same position. So sometimes you have a guy that just comes in, that's played your position, and is hands down one of the best to ever do it. And he's like, you know what? Let's tweak this here and tweak this here. You'll be fine. And that's all it takes. I guarantee you if, you, if you look at Lampard, right, even when he was at Chelsea, the guys who played that role that he played, they excelled. Like a Mason Mount. Mason Mount came in. He played that same role. He, he if anything, he knows how to get those guys to play at their best, at their potential. You're right. It will be looks like a different guy.
1: Another thing I think about it will be too. He's a guy that actually um, thrives on when you put your arm around his shoulder and tell him, you know, talk to him and tell him, I have my faith is in you. And I think, and very clearly, all the other managers prior to that Benitez, I mean, uh, Rafa Rafael Benitez, Carla Ancelotti, uh, somebody else that was there, those guys never really had the full trust in Alexi Will be. And it was very clear they were shunting him out to positions that really he shouldn't be. He was playing wing back, full back. Or a winger, and those aren't as big. Everyone knows it. he will be, as always said, that he's a guy that should be playing from the middle of the park. And this year, he's showing that uh, it's working out. And even at that too, even in the friendly matches we played with uh, Pissarro when Pissarro first started, Pissarro actually played him as a number six, right? And he's shown in that position. Now that's not his natural position, but it's clearly we could tell you, you could tell the middle of the park is where he needs to be. That's where his skill set really comes to the fore.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, you look at someone like it will be. I mean, look at all these guys. You will be, um, you know, our boy at Napoli. You look at all, you look at Or man, man, Or C-man. Yeah. You look at all these guys excelling. Look, Super Eagles, they will succeed despite the federation. <laughs> okay. Not because of it.
1: Well, and, but it's and, not, and, that's and, not happening,
0: though. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if they do do well
1: individually,
0: It'd be like, like when Keshi won, you know, AFCON and all that, it was despite the federation. Yes. Despite yes. the efforts of the federation. Yeah, but, the, but see, that. but that's so, like,
1: that's lightning in the bottle and you can't rely on that consistently. I know, that, I know. Like, one would always say that, like like I say, it's in spite. And when you start trying to succeed in spite, long term, that doesn't really ever work. You, it might work this time in 2013, but I feel like we've left a couple of AFCONs on the table just because of incompetency from the Mm. top you understand um we can't keep doing things like that and like you're saying when you have Gasal and again you seem to know a little more about the inner workings of what's going on with that guy and then mr Dewale when he was here definitely painted a very (laughs) very who who, 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 by by
0: the way is coming back so we can we're going to hash out the post yeah the aftermath of that of that yeah yeah, go ahead, go ahead,
1: man. No, I mean, I'm pretty much there's not much much more to add there. Than. No, not it, the,
0: the reason why the reason why I'm talking like this because you know, though there, there were a couple of things he broke down when he was here, that I for me it was just it was a gut punch, like like I literally was like, oh, man, you know when he was started talking about just how intertwined the system is that brings these people to office, you know how all the different levels of of organizations that are involved in development have people at the helm that are focused on getting theirs and selling out their organizations so they end up putting incompetent people in office. When you look at that situation, right? You tell you, one thing becomes clear to you, which is we are so screwed. Right, We are so screwed in terms of having a hope of someone coming in and creating an organization that works, that will help build a solid, solid federation, right? I mean, look at all the guys that have been screwed out of that job just because of that same system, right? Unless you find a guy who's heavily backed up with someone that has a lot of money and that person just bribes all his way through all these organizations and then you get into office and then that person can then just fix it because my god look if it's true that pesero is being owed money how many times does the same problem have to happen over and over and over and over again
1: how many times bro we're sitting here just talking man that's all we're doing is talking and we're not the first people to talk i'm pretty sure people are back home and talking but <laughs> until something, what are we gonna do about it? At some point, you know, at some point something needs to be done. But I don't see anything being done, which is sad. But let's 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 focus on these guys, these players. I, before we leave, I wanted to speak on Vic man because, um man, he's been under pressure, you know, um pressure to deliver because people a lot of people are starting to question his abilities for one because he's not staying on the field he's getting injured one would even add that maybe napoli lost the scudetto race last year on the back of his injury when he fractured his orbital bone uh when the guy was here uh when we were talking about he's a napoli fan a a few months ago we were talking to him he was mentioning that he doesn't believe uh, simmons injuries are debilitating injuries because they're not muscle injuries they're just freak injuries but people a commentary have said, well, it's a style of play, a style of play which you know it's a little gragliaish, you know, super aggressive, less technical, leads him to get injured in the way he gets injured, you know. And there's some truth to that. Also, another criticism of Victor is that he, at this point in his career, never scored against any of the top six teams in Italy's scudetto. And so that the, you know, and then on top of that, when he got injured, the team. Like they didn't skip a beat, you know, kind uh, of that new guy from Georgia. I don't know if you watched him play. That gentleman is a superstar. 19,
0: 19-year-old kid. Yeah, superstar I've dude. seen him, man, I've you seen it.
1: He's basically the conductor of that team and the replacement for or Giovanni Raspadori and uh, Diego Simeone's son uh have come in and are basically scoring for fun. And obviously, if you look at the Napoli team, I enjoy watching them. And they play just supreme, superb football. Um, Zambo Anguisa is having the renaissance of a career. He, he's basically the, the guy that's making he's, them sick in the middle
0: he, of the middle. He, You know, yeah, funny about that guy has always been good, man. He was fantastic at Fulham. Yeah. They got really great. And, relegated and, and, and i love- always, Yeah.
1: All the other guys, Polipano, uh basically, if you look, and then uh, even the replacement for um, um, Koulibaly, Mr. Kim from South Korea, he's balling out of, community. everybody is playing at the optimum absolute best for Napoli right now, and the coach hasn't been playing in assistant. system, that's great. So there was some talk that even when Victor Ossiman comes in, pundits in Italy were beginning to say, oh, Ossiman is probably not, shouldn't even be the favorite striker. They should go with Raspadori." A lot of people were saying they prefer the other guys because they're more technical players, blah, blah, blah. First game back, the Champions League against Ajax. You know, they gave him 20 minutes. He scored. <laughs> <laughs> the next league match he started, uh, he came in the second half. He scored, he scored, scored again. He scored the game with it. There you go. There and you then, go. And then this match where he got the start against Roma, top 16, this was the true test for Napoli, really, because Jose Mourinho squad, L- 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 Roma playing at home. If you watch that match, o- Cement gave Chris Smallin a time of his life. Smolin was being an ice bag after this match. Smalling is gonna know that he was battle after this match. It, it it's really heartened me to see Victor, you know, silence the critics, and then on top of that, that goal he scored was world I'm gonna start the phone class. Call. Mm-hmm. World class. So I want to at least just give, you know, give him the flowers while he can because it's not easy, man. <laughs> To be in a no, space no. like that, being doubted and
0: it still to Being doubted when you deliver so many times, and you his injuries that's aren't that's the kind of injuries where you're just like, okay, well, you know, he messed up. These are injuries where I mean, orbital. Ball. You know, he's shown his toughness. What they call Gragra is his hustle. Like he fights <laughs> non-stop for ninety he's minutes. He's he's, he's he's he's. It, it's almost like saying can't with Gragra. You know, it's crazy. You know it's crazy. These guys just want to criticize. My my thing is this. Listen, OC man, finish up this Don't season. Push get, me. get out of get out of. Don't Italy. Push you, you
1: know. One thing I would say about Victor, if I if I were an advisor for him or somebody who who's, who um had his ear, I'll tell him to calm down a little bit and and because every it seems like he complains every single play. It's always one thing or another, and whether it's complaining about his teammates not passing in the ball, whether it's warranted or not. You know, and I know that passion is probably what makes him tick, but I would say, you know, having played, I can tell you that that rubs your teammates the wrong way when you're always pointing out what they've done wrong every single every single time, maybe once or twice, no big deal. But but I can't fault the guy's effort, man. The guy's a warrior. He gives something different. Yes, I, I think. He has a lot to improve. His touch can still improve. He misses quite a few chances. In fact, were, there was a stat prior to when he got injured where he led all the top five Europe in missed chances where his expected goals to have scored were like something like six and they would only scored two goals. <laughs> so um, anyway, thing, I hope he can't confuse that for him. Just a shame that we're not in the World Cup. But again, yeah. uh, maybe this World Cup is the one to miss anyway if there's any World Cup to miss.
0: I know. Hey, listen, I know you got to go. Let's wrap up. But listen, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again. I'm thinking uh, another session next week where we could probably get Muhammad in here. But um, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Hey, of course, anytime. And say hello to the family. I can see they're all around trying to get this goodness of this podcast. So I know, uh, I know. All to the good. All to the good, man.